You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Take your Bibles, please, and let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 1, for our Bible study. Wednesday night, I don't mind it if you take, uh, have a notebook or a piece of paper and jot some things down. Really, on Sunday, I'm not preaching your notebook. I'm preaching to your heart. This is a teaching lesson tonight, so if you'll get your pad of paper out or whatever you have, that would be excellent. And uh, I'm breaking in my new Bible, and uh, so I'm using both of them tonight, and uh, we'll see how this goes here. We're in the book of Revelation. We begin there tonight. We're going to skip around. We're talking about, this is lesson four, actually lesson five, on how to study the Bible how to study God's word. And thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. I hope you love the Bible. We've been singing about it uh, in these times. I love the old Bible, the precious old Bible. I'm enjoying this new Bible. I tell you, it's just a, it's a thrill for me to read from it. And uh, it's seen some things. And you know, Sometimes if you're not careful, I have so many notes in here. A lot of my preaching messages are just right here. And, uh, and, and so sometimes you're not careful. You start reading your notes, and you get a fresh, clean page. And the Lord's been showing something every day from this book, things I hadn't seen before. I, have, I, I just needed to see again, and it's been such a blessing. The Bible says in verse number 3, uh, Revelation 1-3, read it with me, if you will, Revelation, it's not with an S on the end, Revelation, it's a single Revelation Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Ready? Begin. Blessed is he that believeth, and they that bear the words of this prophecy, and they keep those things which are written therein, for they are worthy to receive the reward of the Now, we're going to say right here, but ladies, I'm going to ask you to turn over to Deuteronomy 17. Men, I'm going to ask you to turn over to Isaiah 34. And so, ladies, you're in Deuteronomy 17. I'll get over there with you. Deuteronomy 17, you can read it in just a moment. Tonight, the subject is this. What should I do with God's Word? What should I do with God's Word? Well, you just don't put it in the back seat of your car on Sunday night and leave it there all week. You don't put it on the shelf. We get into the Word of God every single day. I love, for me personally, and I don't know what time you meet God, but I, I love to get and meet God in the morning when the day is at its best. And His presence comes like sunrise, like a glory in my breast. I love the morning hours and reading the Bible. There's many times at the night I can't sleep and I get up and I read my Bible and I thank God for the Word of God. What to do with the Bible? And tonight I want you to see, first of all, and I read, I'll read it again. Blessed is he that what readeth. What Number one, if you write it down, God will bless me if I just read it. So what should I do with the Bible? Read it. Read it. Dr. Bobby Robertson was preaching one time, and I thought, boy, Brother Bobby, I would admit that if I were you. He said, every morning I get up, and I read 10 chapters of the Bible. And I thought, Really, for a preacher, that's not very much. And so I started 
reading 10 chapters. I thought, wow, that is a lot, isn't it? I found I wasn't reading 10 chapters. And I'm not saying you have to read 10 chapters. But you know, one of the things that I, I've, heard it, I've heard it preached from a guest in this pulpit several years ago, said, you know what, I know Brother Treber says you ought to read a lot of the Bible, but sometimes I just, uh, a lot of times I just get up and read one verse. Well, God bless you, but there's more, <laughs> more than just one verse in the Bible. A few weeks ago, we talked about how you study six verses, eight verses, ten verses, and we worked together on that, how to look for things, and, and that's wonderful. But friend, I tell you what, especially if a preacher of the gospel, you can't just be reading one verse and say God ministered. He did. Praise God for that. But get in the Bible. D.L. Moody said this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. I'd say tonight, read the Bible. Just read it. I'm not suggesting right now study it, though we should study it. I'm not suggesting we memorize it right now. I'm suggesting just read it. You know the wonderful thing? God says if you just read it, He'll bless you. Just read it. He said, I'll bless you. Blessed are they that readeth. And so one, number one, if you haven't written it down, number one, read it, read it, read it. Just read the Bible. The Lord gave me a thought. Sunday we were recording the singing church. I love Sunday morning, Sunday night. It was incredible to hear you singing. We had a full orchestra up here and the instrumental score, everything. It was just, I can hardly wait to hear that CD. In my estimation, we all get to, uh, the singing church here is the best. But in addition to that, I tell you, there's no church that reads the Bible like this church. I told the college students, I, I guess, I've never been tested for dyslexic, I probably am. But I stopped reading with you many years ago because I'll pull a word up for a line below it and put it up here and I'll add words to it. I'm writing a new Bible and it just messes people up. So I get you started and then I back off and I hear you, we, we pause at the periods and the colons and the semicolons and God's people read that way. I'll take you to high school, elementary chapel. Your children have already been trained how to read the Bible. It's incredible to hear them. It's incredible to hear them. They read, they stay together. You know, normally in a school, in elementary, there must be a, I'm just gonna guess, 150 kids or so in the elementary. And a lot of times, a, a kid will pop through, not here. They just stay right together. Then I go to the high school, and, and have them read, and it's the same thing. They just stay right together. And the college, and they stay right together. And the church, I tell you what, we're gonna make a CD of the book of Philippians, it's 104 verses, just you reading the Word of God. I can hardly wait. We play the Word of God on our Revival Time radio. And we play it because God says He'll bless us if we just read it. And we thank God for the Word of God. Ladies, I'd like you to read, if you would, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 17, verse 18 and 19. 18 and 19, and here is a man who's going to be a king. There are some prohibitions for a king. A king could not multiply wives. A king could not multiply horses out of the east. And a king could not have a lot of silver and gold. And here is, uh, here is uh, Solomon. He writes to his son. And Solomon, uh, he didn't have just one wife. He had a thousand. He violated the prohibition of God. The Bible said he got stalls of, what, 20,000 of horses, and he got them out of Egypt. He violated the word of God. And, and then they said the, 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 the roads were lined, the streets were lined with, with silver and gold. He had so much. 
You can't violate the word of God. You can't violate what God says and have the blessing of God. Here, God's word is telling you if you're gonna be a king in verse number 18 and 19, what a king should do. Ladies, will you read it? Stay together, please. Ready, begin. And it shall be... Just read the law. A king is supposed to read the law. Man, would you read for me uh, Isaiah 34, verse 16. Ladies, if you'll start going over to Nehemiah, please. Men, if you'll read, read the book of uh, uh, Isaiah 34, 16. You have it there, 34, 16. Ready, begin. Sorry, I interrupted you. I didn't have my Bible. God says, I apologize. God says we're to read it. Just read it. Just, just read the Bible. Notice what it says in Nehemiah chapter 8. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man in the street that was before the water gate to bring the book of the law. Verse 3. And he read therein before the street. The people gave attention to the law. They stood upon a pulpit of the wood. Verse 6, and, and what happened? The people answered, said, amen, amen. What were they amening? The reading of the word of God. The reading of God's word. Read the Bible. You can't sleep at night. You say, I think I'm going to get up and watch some TV. No, read the Bible. Just read it. Read it, not out loud. Read it out loud. It's better to read out loud. I think you retain much more. But read the Bible. You know, it's not that difficult to read the Bible. It takes 66 hours, a little less than 15 minutes, about 12 minutes a day. I wonder, do we have 12 minutes a day? And you can read it from Genesis to Revelation? A lot of your little children are reading the entire Old Testament or the entire New Testament. Are you reading the Bible? Are you reading the Bible with your family? Are you reading the Bible as a family, a, a, a unit? Are, are you reading the Bible? In a, just read it. Read it. Read your Bible. Pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. Number one, what should I do with the Bible? Number one, what? Read it. Who is still in Revelation 1-3? Are you there? Revelation 1-3. God, God says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. God says he'll bless you for reading it. What else can I do with the word of God? Hear it. Hear it read. So I want to do the book of Philippians. I want to do that with you and just get it out and get it. people, give it away, sell it, whatever through the publications because it's, and I know we have people reading the Bible to us. I like what Brother, Brother Russ did in the last few years, the teenagers at Christmas. They read through the Bible collectively. That's tremendous in just a four days or five days, whatever it was, a couple days last year. Just reading through the Bible, three days, I guess, four days, I don't know what it was. Reading through the Bible, all the way through the Bible. Teenagers can read the Bible. God says, don't I read it, but hear it read. I, I, maybe 
I'm a strange fella. I've never enjoyed, until about 20 years ago, I've never enjoyed hearing the Bible read. I've just never enjoyed it. I recall a man with the King James Bible, Jules Smith, I think his name was, just thought of him. And uh, he came here with all the display of the old, old Bibles, and they were selling the, uh, uh, the Bible on cassette tapes. Oh, wouldn't you want that, Pastor? No, I don't want someone reading my, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Sometimes I would hear it on a radio station growing up as a boy. I'd turn it off because they read the Bible. I didn't like it. And I came across this verse about 20 years ago. Wasn't that I was a bad, I hope I wasn't a bad Christian. I just didn't enjoy it. God says he'll bless me if I hear it read. And from that day to this day, I've always, when I hear the Bible reading, I never shut it off. I always leave it on to hear the Bible read. God says he'll bless me if I just hear it read. Blessed is he that readeth and he that heareth the words of this prophecy. What's the third thing we can do with the Bible? What's he say there? Blessed is he that readeth and heareth, or the he that heareth the words of this prophecy, and keep, and keep those things which are written. Three things. Read it, hear it, keep it. Say it together. Ready, class? Ready, begin. What can we do with the scripture? Read it. That's what we ought to do with it. Keep it. So when God says not to do something, don't do it. When God says do something, then do it. This new Bible, I started with a letter C and O, a letter O. As I'm reading through various books in the Old Testament, and God will always command the man of God. So that is a command. Do this. I think of one fella. You lay on your side. What was that? 400. How many days was that? Ezekiel's to lay on his side. How many? 390. Are you right? It is, it is right. I think you are right. You can go back to sleep, Dr. Nikolai. You're a pretty smart man. 390. Laying on the one side. You know, I don't know why God told him to lay on his side. That seems kind of strange, but it's an amazing thing. In the next verse, I put a letter O. He obeyed. Now, God says, I want you to take this roll, the roll of scroll, the word of God. He said, I want you to eat it. Well, that's a pretty bad deal, I think. Eating, <laughs> eating what God, paper, parchment, eating it. But you know, God said it, there's a command. You know what the next verse is? He ate it. That's a letter O. When God commands, just obey. Just obey. I told our children one time they were growing up, and it seemed like I said, kids, do you ever notice that when your mother and dad tell you to do something and you don't do it, you wind up normally crying? Something happens and you cry. And if it's not from don't climb that tree and they fall and whatever it is, it's from their dad just following up with them a little bit there and checking some things, you know. And uh, I never slapped a child in the face. God provided a better place. And uh, we, we use that place. Well, I love those kids. When God commands you to do something, just do it. Obey. I don't know what's so difficult about this. I don't know what's so difficult about prayer and fasting and tithing and going to church and really serving the Lord, serving the Lord. My goodness. 
be one of our themes you'll see next year. I, I, churches all over America, I'm, I'm aching for pastors and preacher friends and even here how many people want out of serving God. I do not say this cruel. But if you don't want to serve God, why are you taking up space on planet Earth? There's a world out here, nearly 8 billion people that are going to hell. We're told that 98% of the world claims not to be Christians. And we sit on our blessed assurance. And I'm not being mad. I've got the best serving church in America. Serving people, workers, laborers. What you going to do this weekend? But always abounding the work of the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. I just... I can't understand why we don't want to serve God. I can't understand why we don't want to take the Word of God and teach it in classes and get on a bus route and serve. I, we're, not, we're not saved to sit and to sour and to soak. We're to serve the Lord. God's Word here. So what I do with the Bible? Well, I read it. I hear it. I keep it. What is 2 Timothy 2, number 4? 2 Timothy 2.15 say, would you write it down, number 4. 2 Timothy 2.15. The first word is what? It's the word study. Get you going there. Are you ready? Let's read it together if you know it. 2 Timothy 2.15. Ready? Begin. Study. Study it. So four, four areas so far, uh, church family. Ready? What do we do with the Word of God? Number one, we read it. That was pretty good for Methodists. Well, maybe Presbyterians. But ready to go? Let's try it again. What do we do with the Word of God? We read it. We hear it. Number three, we keep it. And then number four, study it. Study is the word that deals with diligence. And so I am to diligently, I'm to cultivate a mind, I'm to learn. It's a word that deals with research. I am to research the scriptures. Now, God will bless me if I just read it. And that's one segment of the Bible. Just read it. Just read it. But another segment is to study it. Perhaps you have a notebook. And perhaps you're going through a book. But where are you studying the scriptures? Let me give you some things that you can study. Word studies. Word studies. Just go to your strong concordance and look at some words. For example, how about studying the word abomination? That starts with the letter A, so that's the beginning of the bell, uh, alphabet. So, so study the word abomination. You know the word abomination means a stench. It stinks in the nostrils of God. Study where the word abomination comes. Some the Old Testament prophets use it regularly. Abomination. Letter B, how about the word bitter or bitterness? How, how about studying that word? It's not found very often in the Bible, but how about studying the word bitter? How, how about studying the word letter C? Uh, I'm just, give me, let me give you one. Carnal. Carnal means fleshly. Especially it's going to take you to uh, 1 Corinthians 3. I could not speak unto you, brethren, as spiritual, but as a carnal. They were carnal people. What does it mean to be carnal? What are some evidence of the scripture about carnality? How about letter D? How about the letter, you were looking at word studies. How about the word deceit? How about the letter E, envy? 
How about the letter F, fear? I've been told there are 365 fear knots in the Bible. 365 days. How about fear? How about hatred, letter H? How about intercession, letter I? How about letter J? And if we just say the name Jesus, it would be overwhelming to study. But you could do a word study on the, the personal name of Jesus. What a Savior. And you know, as you study about Jesus, you might take out your hymn book. Everybody ought to study. We did this a few weeks ago with a hymn book. And if you would look, I would think, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the word Jesus is the number one word in the uh, the index, more songs begin with Jesus than any other song in our hymn book. I believe that's true. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing. You know this story, and I've said it so often in recent days, how that, that young preacher, young man, left his wife and three boys, he went for a two-week meeting and put the wife and the kids with the father-in-law, I just told it to recently, and then the fire took his wife and took his three little boys. I want to say he was 26 or seven years of age. And I lost everything. And the first song he wrote was, There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How about this stanza he wrote? Though sometimes he leads through waters deep, trials fall across the path my way. I've watched people in the, across this country quitting on God because I have a hangnail. Can't take much more of this persecution. And this man writes, keeps me singing as I go. I want to I wanna continue to challenge pastor and people. Let's love God to the day of Jesus Christ. So what do we do with the Bible? We, we, we read it. We hear it read. Hear it. Uh, we keep it. We study it. Word studies. How about, how about phrases? I'm underlining this new books. Thus saith the Lord. It, my new Bible. It's amazing how many times. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And uh, uh, what God, this is God speaking. You better listen. You know I've always, every Bible I ever get, I underline, I think it's 1,278 times the word great in the Bible. I double underline it, triple underline it. I circle all the hearts. There's over 800 hearts because everything in life is done with the heart. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, soul, and mind. Number one is the heart. Keep your heart right. Have your affections been nailed to the cross. Is thy heart right with God? Count us all things for Jesus but lost. Is thy heart right with God? How about your heart? Is it right with God? Oh, the word studies and the phrase studies and then the topic studies. Have you studied heaven? Wow, that's a great study. Have you studied salvation? That's a good study. Have you studied the subject of in the Bible? God's people ought to be studying the Bible. And then I think as we talk about studying the Bible, have you studied the books of the Bible? You could take that book of Peter. I sat in my father-in-law's ministry as a young staff member 46 or seven years ago, and he brought out to us First Peter. His wife had just died, left those eight kids, and I remember he was just a young 40-some-year-old man. 
And he says, we're going to the book of Peter. He said, we're going to find in Peter that his words suffered 15 times. And you're going to see that he was a suffering saint of God. And friends, we're all called upon to suffer. And he was not referring to his own situation, but he said it's part of life. And I know he was so lonely and so brokenhearted, but suffering's part of life. I remember as he went to 2 Peter, I think it was, where he kept showing us there's a precious trial and a precious promise, and he kept using the word precious because it's in the Scripture there. Something very precious for us. Fine books. How about if you go in this old Bible I brought with me tonight over here. Don't turn there for the sake of time. But I have the book of, uh, they're all marked by this way, but I, I have the book of First John. Uh, you know, you're going to find 38 times the word no in five chapters. You're going to find 13 times the word abide. You're going to find 20 times the word truth. You're going to find 46 times in five chapters the word love. Wow, what a book. Dive into this book. And, and, and I would say, let, let's study the book. Number five, turn with me to Psalm 119, please. Psalm 119, you're doing well. I'll try to wrap it up here in the next few minutes. God bless you, dear folks, for coming on a Wednesday night. What a blessing. And so tonight, we read it. What to do with the Bible? Read it. Just read it. Say, I don't want to say it. Just keep reading. Read it. And then you hear it. And then you keep it. And then you study it. And then you memorize it. Verse 11, thy word have I hid in mine heart. I've circled that word. That I might not sin against thee. Are you memorizing these scriptures? Well, that's not, I, I don't do scripture very well. Oh, friend, it's probably just a year ago. I shouldn't have done it. I threw away, I, I don't want a bunch of things laying around one day when I get old and die. And so I've just been throwing things away left or right, giving things away. And I've got a long way to go, so don't get excited here. But I, I had a, a big drawer of scripture verses that I knew. On this side was the scripture verse. On the other side was the location of the scripture. You'd be shocked how much, you say, I don't know any scripture. Oh, you'd be shocked how much scripture you know. Do you know one verse in Genesis? Does anybody know one verse in Genesis? I know you all know Genesis 1 1. If you've been saved any length of time, now you may be a, perhaps a new Christian, you may not know it, but you try it on for me. Do you know Genesis 1 1? Let's say it together. Ready? In the beginning, you know, you know Genesis 1-1. You know a scripture in Genesis. Do you know a verse in Exodus? Well, you know Deuteronomy 20-18. Now, you may not know that's the verse. Thou shalt not steal. Do you know Exodus 20-18? Say it together. Ready? Genesis, excuse me, Exodus. Exodus 20-18. Thou shalt not steal. You know, you can go through the Bible You'd be shocked. You undoubtedly right now know a verse in every book of the Bible. You, you, you would know a verse in the Bible. Would you know anything in John chapter 3 
Verse 16, for God so loved the world. You know that. You may not know all the locations, John 10, 30. He must increase, I must. You know that verse. You know what you ought to do? You ought to just maybe jot down on your notebook when you're studying the Word of God and in this book and you're thumbing through there, verses I know. You might put them, what I used to do is put them on a three-by-five card, and I'd take them with me. And so this day I'd carry X amount with me. I just kept pulling them out of my pocket. I'd be at a stoplight, and I'd, I'd read the verse to make sure I knew where it was at. And I tried, you know what I do sometimes on airplanes? And again, it's different. I'm a pastor. I have more time to study the Word of God than you do. I know that. I'm not expecting you to do and And, 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 and I've had a lifetime in the Word of God. It's different. It doesn't make me more important. I would not have any idea how to do your jobs. So I'm not saying I'm smarter. I know I pastor a church, brilliant church. But you know what I do when I'm driving to these meetings, I'm driving home at night for three, four hours by myself? I'll ask myself, what's, what's in Genesis 1? What's a verse or what's it talk about? What's in Genesis 2? And I'll go through and I'll try to make sure that I know something out of every chapter in the 50 chapters of Genesis. And then there's 40 chapters in Exodus. Now, what does chapter 1 deal with? What's chapter 2? Now, once in a while, I do get stuck. I'll just have to admit you, I get stuck. And, and maybe you're going to be better at it than I am. But you know, if you just give yourself to the Word of God, it will bring strength to you. You cannot, you cannot make a major decision in your life if you've not been truly in the Word of God for a great season of time. We're making, we're, we're making earth-changing decisions for our life. And we say, well, I prayed about it. Sometimes that worries me. What do you mean you prayed about it? Just two months ago, you were going to do something else. You haven't been praying about it. Well, I prayed about it last night, and God gave me peace. God really doesn't work that way, friend. They that wait upon the Lord. God wants me to wait. And Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord. And again, I say, wait. We are going through our big audit right now. And the lady that came and she might interview some church members. She interviews different board members. She interviews different staff members. Been doing it for years, but every year she interviews me. Or some from the company does. She's a sweet lady. She's, sometimes she comes to church here on Wednesday night checking, and she's a wonderful lady. But, but you know, when she asked me questions about the church and asked me questions about what's going on, she said, now, Pastor, it seems like, I see your payroll is down. But I don't see you filling all these positions. And I said, well, one reason, we're on a campaign to get everything debt free. But I said, the second one, I'm not going to hire in, in, in quickly and not make sure that I get exactly the person. I'm going to hire someone for the church. I've got all these young men that helped me. They're so great. I'll get a seasoned pastor, and I'll get a seasoned pastor for the college, but I may have to wait a year or two or three. I'm not going to rush that thing. You say, are you praying about it? Yes, I'm praying about it. 
Have you had people saying and saying, I'd like to come work there? Oh, yes. I've had that. But I'm not going to pull the trigger on anything till I know that God is in this thing. Friend, I'm talking about the fact that, that, we, that we are to memorize the word of God and to help us in our life. Real quickly, review. Oh, I've got to move. What do we do with the word of God? We read it. Secondly, we hear it. Number three, we keep it. Number four, we study it. Number five, we memorize it. Number six, we meditate upon it. The Bible says, if you'll just jot down Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate in day and night. How about what it says in Psalm 1-2? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And he talks about the fact we're to meditate upon the word of God. Meditate is what they say, what the cow does in his nine stomachs. You eat and then the cow digests it or, or, or places it in stomach one. He regurgitates it up and then he chews it and puts it in the second chamber, and all the way through, he keeps regurgitating. What is that? That's, that's what meditation is about. You're bringing it back up. You're thinking about it again. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. Thou shalt meditate therein. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know, at the night hour or the dark of the morning, just sitting down, and reading a verse or two or three and just meditating upon it, it's not wasting time. Someone told me this week, not a Christian, man my age, that's why I said he's going to yoga now. Yoga is Middle East Hinduism. It leads you to satanic activity. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's an amazing thing, I, and, and, and I, I had to go, no, nothing wrong, perfect. I'm strong, I'm healthy. But I had to go, my doctor uh, left the hospital where I, uh, and he's been my doctor for years, and so I had to go get a new doctor. And the nurse, the first question, she said, um, just some questions for you. Do you feel safe? Here? No. Do you feel safe at home? I don't know who called her about my wife, but so many times I don't feel safe with that woman. You know how women get. Thank you, fellas. You'll be sleeping outside tonight as well. Do you feel safe? You've got to be kidding me. One of our members went to, and they said, now, do you have any guns in your house? I said, that's not your business. Do you feel safe? Are there any things you do? Like the, this, the nurse said to me, like, you know, yoga's good. no. No, I'm not into yoga. They wanted to give me, you need this shot. I said, I'm not getting a shot. No way. Uh, you need this, this, this right here. You need to be taking this. No, are you going to get your flu shot? No, I don't want the flu, so no, I'm not. I'm not getting anything. I want out of here. I'm talking about the fact there's nothing wrong with sitting, not yoga, just meditating. 
Meditate on the goodness and the grace of God. Meditate on the promises of God. Meditate on the commands of God. Meditate upon the Psalms and the Word of God. Meditate what Jesus did. Meditate about Mount Calvary and how he died on the cross for our sin. Meditate about the day that God reached out and saved my sorry, sorry soul. I meant nothing wrong with meditating on that. So, man, that's wasting time. I got a big old busy day ahead of me. Well, meditate some every day, every day. And so I'm to meditate. Three minutes left. Number, number, whatever number we're on. Number next, obey it. Number seven. And I'll just read it. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed there according to thy word. Just obey the Bible. I'm talking to Jack Treber. And God's people, just obey it. Obey the word of God. And then I'm out of time. Number eight. Psalm 119.42. I trust thy word. Trust it. Brother Mark and Robin, you had your anniversary Sunday. They're six months ahead of us. A little less than that. You folks have been trusting this book for a lifetime. Brother Nikolai, you've trusted this book for a lifetime now. It's a joy to hear you pray tonight. You've preached it for years and years and years. And then, quote, <laughs> retired 10, 12 years ago. has been working like a dog ever since in our college. What a blessing. You know, he has spent a life trusting this book. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I'm speaking to the college students this year on the college student that God's going to use. And we've seen thus far this year, he'll use the humble one. And we, he'll, use the hard, he'll use the hardworking one. And today, he'll use the happy one. One who has a happiness in his heart. I told the college students, God's people bring me such happiness and joy. I long for church. I came in here late this afternoon, as dark as can be, tripping over things, but thinking I get to be in here with God's people tonight. I love it. God's people bring me happiness. I said, you will not, and I told them something. I said, you know one of the things that brings me great happiness is complaining, grumpy people chief rain cloud they crack me up they just crack me up they just i mean i get so much fun watching negative people it, it makes me laugh I, i'm sitting here thinking you gotta be kidding me you know you gotta it, it's sort of like and, and i was dealing with some pastors this week their their church they're going through some hard times and they said they'll just sit there and they'll stare you know it's the funniest thing here he is you'll come to church 50 people in that church, and you'll be mad. <laughs> well, that's big boy. I mean, it cracks me up. It really, it, it, it gets you mad. No, it just, it makes me, inside I'm laughing. You say, hey, how you doing? Oh, oh you won't want to know. That person, sometimes I seek him out because I need a good, happy laugh inside. <laughs> and I'll relive it. I just relive it. It's the funniest thing. 
I told him, I don't know, I don't know if you know this great hero of the faith, Barney Fife. He cracks me up. He was negative all the time. No, no, Ange, you don't like that. No, no, he's just a, he's a nut. You know, friends, I'm so glad I can trust the Bible. I can't wait to get to that message on the college students this year. God's going to use the student that has a great love for the holy book. You don't have to have talent. I'm living proof of that. You don't have to have talent. But you do have to have a love for the Holy Bible. Joseph, you and your wife back there just got married up here. I'm so proud of you kids. One day God's going to give you, what did we figure out at your wedding? Seven kids? Is that what we figured out? I think they'll have seven. You know, that wife and that husband, that one day mom and dad, they're going to have to put the Word of God in those kids. Just love it. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.